The Daily Rios episode 384, New Comics Wednesday, and some reviews. Hey everyone, this is your host Peter, back with another batch of recommendations for New Comics Wednesday for this week of July 19th, 2017. Happy San Diego Comic-Con week to anybody that is out in San Diego. As always, links to sites and previews will be in the show notes, and here we go. I haven't read most of the Batman 66 Meets minis. I did get the Batman 66 Meets Wonder Woman 77, but this one-shot was an absolute no-brainer for the team-up and for the creative team. And I'm talking about Batman 66 Meets the Legion of Superheroes one-shot by the creative team of Lee and Michael Allred and company. This is a story where the Legion travels back to the 1960s, chasing Universo and enlisting the help of the boy teen wonder, Robin, while Batman's foe, Egghead, travels to the Legion's time, chased by Batman. So you have Universo, you have Egghead. Obviously, what do they have in common? Bald-headed baddies unite. So that's from DC Comics, a one-shot that uh, I absolutely had to recommend, and uh, it's coming in my next shipment from DCBS. From IDW, we have Amelia Cole, The Omnibus, by writers Adam P. Nave, DJ Kirkbride, and artist and colorist Nick Brokenshire. This is for $39.99, collecting the entire series, about 30 issues or so. This is about uh, magician Amelia Cole, who lives in two worlds, where one world runs on magic and the other is built on technology. And the barriers between them are starting to break down. I was mostly interested in following this series for the artist, Nick Brokenshire, who once submitted to a CGS art contest way back. And by the way, this creative team is now currently doing Once and Future Queen from Dark Horse. From Image, we have Generation Gone Number 1 by Alice Cott and Portuguese creator Andre Arujo. It's being billed as Skins, the BBC show Skins, plus Unbreakable. And it basically asks what happens when you are poor, angry, and get superpowers you never asked for. It's America 2020. Three young hackers with nothing to lose, a secretive scientist with a plan, one final job, also multiple trips to the sun, weird black goo, a breakup fight inside a nuclear factory, love, hate, anger, loss, and survival. It's about what it means to be young in the USA. Alice Cott always gets a first issue read out of me. Uh, ever since Wild Children and Zero, Wolf. He's written a bunch of Marvel comics that I didn't really read, uh, and also uh, Drop Dead from Valiant. So this is one that I may do a little mini-review of next week. From Hero Tomorrow Comics, we have the Apama trade paperback, Volume 2, Undiscovered Animal, written by Ted Sakura and Milo Miller, with art by Benito Gallego. It collects six new issues, 184 pages, with extras, including a foreword by Roy Thomas for $19.99. Now, there was a movie of this years back, a fan movie that was made about this original character. Uh, you know, they I believe it was um, 
might have been shown at San Diego San Diego Comic-Con at one point or at some other conventions, and they had sent a bunch of stuff to CGS. It's about a man named David who spends his days cutting grass and his nights smoking it while desperately trying to keep his superhero fantasies alive. And this is what the movie's about. When Robin, his aspiring fashion designer girlfriend, makes him a Halloween costume of his original character, Apama, it doesn't take David long to hit the streets and begin blundering towards disaster. This comic book Don Quixote is characterized by surreal flourishes, mixing dream, fantasy, and flashbacks that borrow as much from the art house as the comic shop. Now, the reason I am pinpointing this second volume is because they made a big deal of one of the villains called the Tap Dance Killer, to which I said, all right, I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to have to check its authenticity. Another title that hits that rare mix of theater and comics from Boom Studios, we have Backstagers Trade Paperback Volume 1 for $14.99 by James Tinian IV, Ryan Sig, and Veronica Fish. Uh, this series explores what it means to find a place to fit in when you're kind of an outcast. When Jory transfers to an all-boys private high school, he's taken in by the stage crew known as the Backstagers, Hunter, Aziz, Sasha and Beckett become his new best friends and introduce him to an entire magical world that lives beyond the curtain that the rest of the school doesn't know about, filled with strange creatures, changing hallways, and a decades-old legend of a backstage crew that went missing and was never found. It's a little pricey. It only collects the first four issues. I believe it's eight issues long. And this trade paperback is, as I said, $14.99 for four issues. I really should read this. It's a series that I picked up in issue form, and, uh, you know, it speaks to my craft and my love of comics, so I should probably read it at some point. And finally, we have from Tomorrow's Publishing, back issue 98. It's the DC in the 80s issue. It's behind-the-scenes looks at Secret Origins, Action Comics Weekly, DC Challenge, Thriller, Electric Warrior, and more, and it features a really great Nightwing cover by Romeo Tangal. So if you're a fan of Back Issue uh, and you pick it up sporadically, definitely pick up this issue. In a world where Corey Strode and Joe Crazy Rider have been making crazy comics and stories every Monday for 300 episodes, not enough of you people have been listening, so they are going to lower themselves to tabloid-style pandering. Who has the Punisher shot this week? What is the phone number of that one guy who is in that thing you like? You know, that guy. When will we learn the secret of Stan Lee's sentient toupee? Where will Corey put all the damn comics he owns? How have comic book fans misbehaved this week? Why would you possibly listen to other podcasts when they are so awesome? They won't be answering any of those questions, but they will talk about comic retail, comic history, comic stories, comics. Do you see a pattern here? There will also be freaking and geeking, as well as other shenanigans. But not enough of you folks have been listening. Let's fix that problem. You'll also get solo podcasts, interviews, and much, much more in the Solitaire Rose Radio Network. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, we have some reviews. Reviews of comics that shipped last week, July 12th. I'm going to be talking a little bit about Cal Exit number 1. 
also about Dread Gods number one from IDW, and a very tiny bit about Centipede number one from Dynamite that I didn't talk about last episode, uh, last New Comics Wednesday episode, but I gave it a read and I thought, you know, I'll give it a little little shout out here. So let's start with Cal Exit. This is um, from Black Mask Studios, and this is by writer Matteo Pizzolo and illustrated by artist Amenke Nualpin. It's getting a ton of buzz lately, most notably for the story. Um, in this book, California becomes split between pro-immigrant sanctuary cities and more conservative inland areas. So cities such as Los Angeles, San Diego, and the Bay Area are occupied by federal forces, whereas other f- cities uh, have grouped together and are calling themselves the Pacific Coast Sister Cities Alliance. And they are going up against the U.S. government. More specifically, it's a tale about a young immigrant woman on the run from a militarized police force. And there's a secondary character called Jamil who calls himself a courier, even though he's more of a smuggler. And he's a survivor, and he bases his entire career and reputation on being apolitical and having no enemies or no friends on either sides. And as the story progresses, uh, eventually you're going to find out some secrets um, that are surrounding him and why he would want to be so neutral. Um, And eventually he's going to have to make a choice in which direction his life wants to go. Obviously this is based on this whole... uh, you know, presidency, this whole administration. Mostly it was written prior to the election, but it was v- very strongly based on the election um, campaign scenario of 2016. And then, although it was created before the election, the actual execution of the comic happened after the election. So now the creators are kind of in a bind because this does take place in the near future. They want it to be dystopian. They want it to be a bit prophetic. What What's happening, though, is a lot of the craziness of today um, is catching up to the kind of stories that they want to tell. So they, they have to really focus on trying to stay ahead of reality or else the book is going to become a little bit too redundant. You know, It's not going to have that dystopian feel. The motto for Black Mass Studios is uh, to create you must destroy and also inspire never meddle. This is not the first political comic coming out of Black Mass Studios. They've had quite a number of uh, books that kind of push the envelope a little bit. Most notably Occupy Comics, um, the most recent black miniseries. They've done some other things like Space Riders, Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, The Forever Forevers. This series, though, Cal Exit, is getting a lot of buzz. It's completely sold out at the distribution level of, uh, I want to say, something like 25,000 issues. And um, it's meant to be in your face. It's also meant to be entertaining. Uh, And the writer freely admits that um, he doesn't want people to get so caught up in the negativity or the downside of the story that a lot of the back matter is written to um, inspire and to spotlight um, people that are out there trying to um, make things better for the real world, you know, be constructive, be optimistic in their perspectives or, or the way they go about um, their own little 
revolutions or their own little protests around the country. It really does feel like this is DMZ on the West Coast meets a little bit of Lazarus, meets a little bit of Transmetropolitan even. My God, what a field day Warren Ellis would have now with that Smiler character of his from Transmet. The artwork has a touch, a tiny little bit of flavor of Duncan Fergredo. Not really, just, you know, just a little bit of a little bit of that. And um, the writer, Pozzolo, who is based in Los Angeles now, uh, is using a lot of the sales and earnings from the comic book series to start his own super PAC as a way to support local progressive candidates who are new to politics. Uh, You know, kind of, you know, putting his money where his mouth is, I guess. It's not an easy read. I had to read it twice to get the full effect of it. Um, it's dense. It has a lot of, a lot of narrative. The artwork is, is, you know, part of the story. It's helping to tell the story in the way that it's laid out. It's not going to be for everybody. There's going to be, be people who are going to instantly thumb their nose up because of the, um, material and because of the obvious echoes to this current administration. Um, it's interesting enough for me to want to read it issue by issue though. It's not saying anything new in, the, in, in a sense of, um, you know, my own thoughts, you know, news filtered through my own brain. It's, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very much a part of, I, I'm, the, I'm the choir. This book is preaching exactly to me. Um, but uh, I'd be very curious to see someone's reaction who may not necessarily agree with the politics of this book and see if they could give it a, a decent um a decent review based on just the pure fiction of it, even though it is steeped in reality. The writer is, is, is very quick to say how living in California, there is constant talk, not just recently, there's always constant talk about California seceding from the, uh, from the country. And, uh, you know, he took that idea and he's running with it and getting a lot of attention. And, uh, you know what? Kudos to him. Next up from IDW, I said I read Dread Gods number one. This is by Ron Mars, Bart Sears, Tom Rainey uh, from IDW. It's actually from Ominous Press, which is Bart Sears's company. Um, and as I did a little research, found out that this was a company that should have come out in the 90s when there were all those publishing um, publishing companies coming out in the boom. But this one never made it. And I said last week that it felt like this was a holdover from CrossGen, but now that I know it's, it could very well be a, a holdover from that 90s style of doing comics, it does make sense. It do, I can feel that. Now, having said that, though, it's, it's not a bad issue at all. It's about, um, it takes place in the future, and people are lining up to plug their minds and lives into this contraption that puts them in the middle of a battle between the Greek gods of antiquity. This way, these people, um, because they're living in a um, desolate society, they can experience and feel the adventures of characters like Zeus and Hera, Apollo, Artemis, Ares, etc. This first issue, they all go up against Hydra and Hades of the Greek myths. And uh, the artwork by Tom Rainey is gorgeous. I, I really dig it. It has his personal flair to it. It's very much a comic book. It's very much um, in the appeal of, of, you know, like superhero genre 
what I thought was interesting was after I read it, I, I said, you know, that kind of felt a little light. I do like Greek mythology. There's a, uh, the bookend uh, of the people who are plugging their minds into these battles um, <clears throat> felt kind of light. Uh, we really didn't, we got introduced to one or two characters. Uh, and then there's this big battle and you sort of go, hmm, I guess that's it. But then you realize if you look at it artistically, um, because the gods are fighting the seven-headed hydra and they have all these long green necks, if you flip back into how the people, the regular humans, plug their brains into this machine or into this broadcast device, they plug their minds in by way of long green tubes. And I sort of wondered, huh, you know, are they creating their own entertainment? Um, do the gods in this other world, wherever they are, are they starting to realize that they are not real and they're actually in the minds of these regular people? It's like very matrixy, I guess. Um, it's, it's okay though. It's, it's not bad. I, I don't know what an issue by issue read of this would, would be like. It's a little quick. I, I sort of feel like I would want to read it all at once. Maybe that means I'm saying go by the trade. There is a backup story by Bart Sears. Um, that's kind of like, you know, what's that book that Bart Sears did for cross gen about the gods? Um, the first yeah, it's kind of like um, Lone Wolf and Cub meets the first, a little bit, by way of Walt Simonson, almost. Um, I'm glad I read it. Uh, again, I I, uh, I don't think, it's not an issue-by-issue issue read for me, so, you know, take that, take that little review um, for what it's worth. And then, like I said, I read Centipede number one from Dynamite, because they're putting out all these Atari-related comics. This was written by Max Bemis, art by Ewan Myron and Chris O'Halloran, uh, and then company. Uh, it wasn't on the list of recommendations. I wanted to check it out. It's okay. Um, it doesn't take place on Earth. It takes place on another world that has become fascinated with Earth and with all of its entertainment and all of its uh, cultural stuff. And there's only one surviving man on this world. His name is Dale Trell. And he's talking to an imaginary friend, but that imaginary friend is us. It's us, the readers. Um, he has this little bit of a, a speech about the monomyth by Joseph Campbell. And, you know, that certainly reflects to him in his situation as he's on this planet that has been ravaged by the centipede. Um, the artwork kind of reminded me of Cam Kennedy from, uh, you know, uh, I guess 2000 AD, or what I know Cam Kennedy from is um, the Outcasts from DC Comics from the late 80s, I believe, but also from Dark Horse's um, Star Wars uh, Dark Empire, I guess it was called. It was one of their first Star Wars licensed books way back in the day. You could even say it has a little bit of an I Am Legend type feel, because this guy is clearly not up to being a hero, but he's on a journey and he's going up against this, uh, going up against the monstrosities of the centipede. So you got everything from the spiders and the mushrooms, and I assume later on we'll see other elements of the centipede game. What kind of bugged me was the cliffhanger is a reveal of the giant centipede, and you sort of want to go, okay, number one, it's on the cover. Number two, 
I think most people are going to go into this book knowing what it's about. So you save the cliffhanger to be the reveal of the centipede when we, I don't know. I just, I feel it's a little bit of a cheat. Um, I don't give it very high marks. It's okay. Um, I don't know if I would, I, I love the game, which is probably another reason why I read it, but it's, uh, it's skippable. It really is. Um, you know, maybe if you have any interest, try to get the collection of it or find the issues cheap or digitally or whatever. Um, it's okay. It's, it's not the greatest book. So, um, there you go. My little mini reviews of Cal Exit number one from Black Mass Studios, Dread Gods number one from IDW and Centipede number one from Dynamite. Didn't really go in depth on that. Um, my thoughts are kind of, they, I, I really didn't have a lot to say. So, um, that's it for today's episode of New Comics Wednesday. I am probably going to do very soon an episode on, uh, Dark Days The Forge and then another episode on Dark Days The Casting because I've had a few people ask me some questions about the book and I teased that I would go a little bit more in depth, you know, very footnote style, just do some breakdowns of each issue because there's a lot to talk about. Um, I'm still working on Morning Glories, catching up on Morning Glories, and, uh, you know, I'll have a few other episodes here and there. Uh, hopefully you are listening, and if you are, send me a message at peter at thedailyreels.com or leave a comment on the website, if you will. Let me know what you're reading. Let me know if any of these recommendations are things that you picked up or any of these reviews are things you've read and you want to talk a little bit more about it. All right, it's been this has been the Daily Rios episode 384. Talk to you soon. Bye.